Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. Welcome back to the last and final 2023 edition of Dollars and Cents. My name is Mark Friedman. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marion Gilman. How are you today, Marion? I'm great. How are you, Mark? I'm doing well. Did you have a nice Christmas? Oh, my gosh. It was just fantastic. But I got to tell you, it's been a recovery this week. Um, I, I've been exhausted, so I don't know. How about you? Yeah, Tuesday, everyone, I think, came back to the office and just asked if we could just nap. Yeah, exactly. Well, we were actually on a skeleton crew. We Tuesday were. It was too. just three of us so, in the office. Yeah, so three t- three people took t- the day off, and good for them. And and we're they had very, the right idea. Yeah, and we're very <laughs> lucky that um, the phone didn't ring very much. It was actually extraordinarily quiet. Which is kind of nice when you're sort of recovering from Christmas the day before. It, it sure was, yeah. and you know, with the market being up, uh, we've had a good end to 2023. We certainly have. We've had a very volatile 2023. But it's ending on a very positive note, which is always great going into the new it, year. It sure is. And, you know, it's, it's really amazing that, you know, six months ago, people were like, oh, this market is miserable. Things are terrible. Three months ago. Three, you're right. Three months ago. I mean, that the October, October statement was, was horrible, brutal. right? Yeah. Oh, my. Everybody, it was never going to recover in but, their lifetime, right? But it's a great lesson to learn that we don't react emotionally when things feel like they're not doing so well because America recovers, our economy recovers. And we recover. And, and we do. We're resilient. Yeah, but you know, but the thing is that we all do, and we all look forward to as we get older, is this idea of retirement. And retirement means something different to everybody. It certainly does. And, um, and everybody has a different time frame for retirement as well. Very different than many years ago. So you may remember this company called Morningstar. I don't think it gets much press these days. Well, it doesn't get a lot of press. And I think that's because uh, Morningstar is an independent rating service. And they rate mutual funds in particular. They're known for that. But they also rate, they, they also have some stock analysis. They also have some um, exchange traded fund analysis. But they're very well regarded in the industry. They do. And they oftentimes put together some really nice white papers and reports and analyses that you and I take a look at. And uh, one of them is a story that we are going to share in our upcoming newsletter. But it was kind of an interview that Morningstar had with people as they're thinking that they had with financial advisors on how they how what kind of advice they're giving to clients as they're approaching retirement and their spending habits because spending is a little bit different in retirement sometimes than it is when you're working. Well, I think the thought process behind spending as well is very different in retirement because remember you're so used to getting a paycheck every week or every other week and that's what you had to live on and you know traditionally you probably saved a little bit of that paycheck every week as well once you go into retirement you you know the system is designed such that you now start spending those savings you no longer have the paycheck but you can create your own paycheck 
that can be very uncomfortable to a lot of people. It can be. And I think one of the biggest wake up calls that people have is let's say you're making $100,000 a year and you're bringing home after federal, state, FICA, 401k, contributions to insurance or whatever it might be. Maybe you're taking home six or seven thousand, maybe six or seven thousand dollars a month. Right. And so you figure, oh, I must have, I need to have, I need a hundred thousand dollars in income to be sure that I can continue to spend that six or seven thousand dollars. And that is, I think, one of the biggest wake up calls that people have as they Very, approach retirement. So true. Because it doesn't work that way anymore, does it? it? It certainly doesn't. Remember, you are no longer saving into a 401k. Right. Or any, you know, in any way, shape, or form. That you're not, your retirement is designed to spend, not save anymore. Right. You're not paying into Social Security anymore. You know, Or no Medicare. Exactly. Well, you're paying into Medicare. Well, you're, but if you stop you're not working. You're paying into the health insurance through work. You're paying Medicare separately, Medicare, right, right. right. Yeah. But, yeah. but you're not paying for um, oh, those, those I, deductions yes, from your I paycheck. You're not having the Medicare yes, tax, the, right, the, the FICA Medicare tax, tax, all right, that kind of stuff. Right, right. None of that stuff is going out. Yep. You're probably not paying, maybe you're paying differently for ins other insurance programs that you might have had. Maybe there was group life insurance that you paid for at work. Or disability Or disability, insurance. and maybe you're that not paying for that stuff. That certainly goes away. So all of those things go away. Right. So I'm going to ask you, Mary, and we're going to go through three questions that are posed here in this piece from Morningstar. And maybe you can help our listeners, or collectively, we can help our listeners understand how we respond to these particular questions. So here is the first question that's asked. It says, how do we help our clients figure out their annual spending levels? And what sort of system do we use to determine how much they can spend from their portfolio per year? So, you know, I would look at that as a two separate questions. I agree. What are you spending now? And then how do we create that same level of spending from your portfolio? So when we look at, when a client comes in to visit us and they're still working, say, the way we determine what their spending is, we ask them first of all, and how how exact do most of our most of the people get when they come yeah, in? Yeah, so we'll generally ask, so give me a sense as to what you think you spend on a month to month basis. Yeah. And they'll throw out a number. And, and how accurate is generally it? Generally, they're off by about 40%. <laughs> it's amazing. Most people just don't know what they They, they don't know. And what's rather interesting is many people don't count things like their mortgage payment as part of their monthly expenses. They, so they think of um, they think of what it what it takes to keep the house running. Right. So they think about, you know, and gas for the car. And maybe food, food. but they don't Eating think out, about entertainment, they don't clothing. Th they don't think about the entertainment. They certain they don't think about clothing necessarily, right? But yeah, it's 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 real. It's, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. It really is. But usually, when you ask someone what they spend every month, the amount that's allocated to debt payments, they don't generally think about. That's what I need to spend every month. No, because that part might of be their, paid automatically, right? right? But that's part of their routine, and so right. we have to bring them into that fold. Right. And so when we think about spending, Marion, what is an approach that we generally take to try to help our clients or give them a better perspective on what they are spending every month? So we, you know, one of the most, the, the one of the simplest things you can do is you can look at what is the net deposit from your paycheck every month into your bank account. And then you can look at whether or not, whether that all goes away every month or whether you are actually saving some of that. Now that's after all of the work deductions. So let's say you get a net deposit every two weeks of $3,000, so $6,000 essentially a month. 
we can look at that and say, is that an accurate spending figure? Um, and that's one way to look at it, very simple. Another way to look at it is to look at a bank account and look at your monthly bank statements. If you pay all of your bills out of one checking account, it's very easy. And look at what the withdrawals are over the course of the month. Yeah, you know, at the beginning of a statement or the end of a statement, usually you see this thing that says total deposits and total withdrawals. Exactly. Well, total deposits tells us everything that's come into your bank account. Total withdrawals is everything that's gone out of your bank account. And if you look at six months or 12 months and create an average, you got a general sense as to what you're right. spending. You have to be careful to create that average because there are some bills, for instance, if you pay um, property taxes, if you live in Massachusetts and pay your own property taxes, you only pay that quarterly. So you might miss that in any one particular month. And you want to be sure that you capture that in your spending. It's a necessary item. Uh, absolutely. And, and But there, then there'll always be those that say, well, this year was different. I had to <laughs> replace the driveway. We had to buy a boiler. We had to do the roof. How many years have there been that this year wasn't different? And, and you know, we always tell people as well, if you own a house, there's always something. I mean, it is rare. You own a house. You have for right. many years, myself as well. And there are rarely, there's rarely a foot, rarely a few, any year where you don't have to do anything to that house. That's right. And it's, so it, there's many ways in which we can more thoughtfully come up with what your monthly spending amount is. And then we can test it for a month or two. Exactly. But, but then, Marion, so now you retire and you've got income. Let's say you're no longer working. Perhaps you have Social Security coming in. Perhaps you have a pension if you're fortunate enough. Right. But how do you determine how much to take? from your investment account? How, what do we feel comfortable drawing from an investment portfolio? Well, so, you know, there, again, a few ways to look at that, um, because if, if you, well, I guess one of the things that we want to also put, point out is that when you retire, you have a lot more flexibility of time. So you might start doing more. You might actually travel more. You might, you know, whatever it is, and you need to add those figures into your spending numbers. So then when we look at, you know, how much can you take from your portfolio, we look at it as first, we first look at it as how much do you want from the portfolio to continue your lifestyle. And so what we would say is if, let's say you need 6,000 a month and you're getting 3,000 from social security and pension, well, you need an additional $3,000. And that additional 3,000 is after tax, right? After tax, exactly. And so any money that comes out of a retirement account, an, an individual retirement account or a 401k, that's taxable money to you. And we can actually, you know, here we can withhold the taxes. So we factor that in, in all cases. And we create a cash flow analysis under that scenario. But, you know, and most of the time, if you've done a good job of saving, most of the time, I would say most people we work with end up in a much more comfortable position than they ever imagined. Absolutely. We find that they can actually spend more than they thought they could. Yes. But do they? No, they don't. And <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. But let's go move on to the next question here. Many retirees, though, like we just talked about, are worried about running out of money later on in life. They are. What steps do we take to allow those concerns to assure them that they spend appropriately during their retirement years? And we go back to, we have a financial planning software program that's extremely robust. 
So we are able to do projections over long periods of time, and we can vary the, the assumptions that we use. So let's say you say to us, okay, well, we, we need to spend $6,000 a month. Well, you know, we always want to factor in some of those unusual expenses. What if you need to buy a car? What if you're going to travel more? So we can factor all of that in, and we can create a cash flow report that shows what happens to the level of assets you have today. We make an assumption about how, long it's, how much it's going to grow each year, and then we factor in what your spending's gonna be. And we have that grow with inflation every year as well. And we can project out for 30 years, 40 years, however long you know, is appropriate for your lifestyle and your time horizon. But so, so you mentioned projecting out 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Now many people who retire say, you know, maybe I'm not ready to buy green bananas anymore. I don't know how much longer I'm gonna live. How valuable are 10, 15, 20 year projections, Marion? You know, I think they're valuable simply because it shows people that here's my money is not going to run out even if I live this long. And I think that's the key criteria that they're looking at. See, and I look at it a little bit differently. I, I think projections are important. I, for sure they are. But we have to explain to our clients that life isn't linear. Oh, no question about that. That, you know, the expenses are going to change. The way we spend our money is very different. Correct. We have to know that, there, look, there are, just like you said, when we set up our cash flow analysis, let's say we said you're going to spend $6,000 every month on living expenses. Now, let's strip out. Let's also say, besides the 6000 maybe you also have a $2,000 mortgage payment. Now, we wouldn't include that mortgage payment in with the living expenses because living expenses will go on. Mortgage will ultimately end. Right, so there's you have a time frame on a mortgage. time frame, so we can build these columns and then you add Correct. them across, yeah. and then you say, okay, every three or four years we want to spend fifty thousand dollars on a car, and we can factor, and we can that, factor in. that in. Yep. But how many years will will we will we still be buying a car at age ninety two mm -hmm. and holding? No, maybe we stop that after a period of time. The next column might be travel, right. and maybe for the next twenty years you want to spend fifteen thousand dollars on travel, and then it stops. Right. So we want to be sure that we identify what the living expenses are what and what are variable expenses that might have stops on them. And so the projections can all be tweaked. and Constantly. Right. And we do that all the time. That's right. Because look, there could be health issues that pop up in your life. Sure. That slow things down. There could be an inheritance that you receive. Think about that. And people say, I don't want to think about that inheritance. Well, when people get an inheritance, it changes things, doesn't it? It certainly does. But, you know, we always we always like to look at worst case scenarios. Absolutely. And I do think it's helpful to, to look at that over a length of time um, because it just gives a little bit of more reassurance that even if we do all of this stuff, even if we, you know, even if we buy more expensive cars along the way or uh, spend a little more on travel, we can still live this same lifestyle for many, many years. Absolutely. But you know, with when it comes to retirement, there's a lot of talking heads that are out there that all talk about different types of retirement strategies. When and the you, rules. And the rules, right. So one thing, one rule that always pops up is the 4% rule, right, Marion? Right. That's so true. You, your money won't run out if you only take 4% from the portfolio. Well, and how true is that? Um, it's not. I mean, that 4% that can change over time. Think about it. If the market is growing by 10% a year, 
Um, you can certainly take out more than 4%, and that money's going to last for a very long period of but time. But if you were buying bank accounts only, and you were making 1% or 2%, and you took out 4%, how's that Guess working what? out for you? Guess what? That's not good. Right. It has to be monitored and checked. You know, there are times when we're very comfortable taking upwards of 6% sure. of a portfolio out yeah. of account. Yeah. Because think about this. In many cases, many clients' net worth have half of their assets in the value of their house. That's right. And, you know, again, I know a lot of people will say, oh, but, you know, I want to stay in my house. And that's fine. And, or, and I want to leave an inheritance to the kids. And they don't consider that house as the inheritance. Right. And I think that's where you have to figure, think, you know what, if I leave a house around here to my kids, that's probably worth more than my portfolio. Right. And so how do you find that balance? And yeah. there is no, one of the things that I think I want to stress, and I know you want to stress as well, is that there is no one way that works for everybody. And the more we understand about your overall situation, the far better we are at giving you advice and, and tweaking that advice along the way. But there are other misconceptions that are out there as well, Mary. What are some of other other misconceptions that people have about retirement? Well, you know, one of the I think one of the big misconceptions is that um, they expect that you know they're going to spend an, a lot of money initially when they retire, and then virtually nothing once they get to be in their 80s and 90s. And I would certainly agree that your spending changes. However, don't forget you might want you might need more services in the home as you get into your 80s and 90s. So the spending will change, but it might not decline precipitously as you think it might. Right. And and what we need to understand is that your financial situation is not similar to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to your brother, your sister, whomever it might be. Everybody's is unique. And different, most, right? Most definitely. Something like, like we've said here in our office, there are some people here that know, that spend between I don't know four and five thousand dollars a month to meet, and that's enough to meet their retirement needs. We have others that can't imagine spending less than twenty or thirty thousand dollars a month. Right. You know, that's that's just how people live. And and everybody has, if your resources allow you to do that, you go for it. Right. And you have to understand what are your goals today. What do you want to do for yourself? What type of a legacy, if any, do you want to leave? And that's the other place where a lot of people have vastly different ideas about whether or not they're determined to leave a legacy to the children. I mean, a lot of people will say, you know what? If there's something left, you know, great. The, the kids get it. If not, that's okay, too. My kids have done well. I gave them a great start in life. Others will give up their comfort in retirement so that they leave more well, to the kids. Well, we see this all the time with, with parents these days giving up their lifestyle in retirement to watch the grandkids so that their two kids can go to work and afford the lifestyle that they want, which is a lifestyle that is far beyond what the parents ever had. Exactly. And, and in some cases, the kids expect the parents to watch the kids. Everybody's got a different perspective. Absolutely. And no so question. we're not here to say what is right and what is wrong, let's build a strategy that works for your family. That's the most important piece of and, it. And that's what it's and all that's about. that's why we give personalized advice, not generalized advice. Right, because plugging in those numbers on a free piece of software that you can pick up over the internet. Simple. Is, but it's not gonna address you. Absolutely not. And so if now's the time for you to get serious about your financial planning, first of the year is a great time to have some New Year's resolutions to get your financial house in order, to understand what it is that you can do to maximize your life, 
in retirement, in your life as you're accumulating wealth, in whatever else it might be, we are here as certified financial planners to help you. We take a financial planning first approach. We understand where everything is and what everything is worth before we ever start to evaluate how you should be investing your money. That's the approach we take at Friedman Financial. If you'd like some more information, if you want a free information kit, want to schedule a free initial consultation, give us a call, 978-531-8108. I'll give it to you one more time. That's 978-531-8108. Or learn more about us on the internet. We're at FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. It's really that simple. If you want to get our newsletter, you go to the bottom of any page and put in your name and your email address. If you want to understand the clients we serve, how much we charge, the um, stories about what we've done, all sorts of experiences, you can find it on our website. We wish you all the very um, happiest of the end of the year, a very happy new year. Happy, healthy 2024. And a prosperous one, too. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next week with more Dollars and Cents. Thanks a lot for joining us, everybody. During today's Dollars and Cents episode with Friedman Financial, your host may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.